You are listening to the Good Day Wellness Podcast, a podcast dedicated to boosting your mood. I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I'm here to support you on the way to calming your mind and nourishing all aspects of your life. Together, we can bridge the connection between body and mind and make every day a good day. Welcome back to another episode of the Good Day Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Melissa Fideli, and I am here to boost your mood and give you all the information you need to support a happy and healthy life. Today's episode is all about the ins and outs of anxiety and what daily practices can help you. We are going to break down what anxiety really is and how it can be experienced, and then I'm going to help you understand the connection between your nutrition habits and anxiety, as well as give you all the daily practices that you can start using to help you calm your mind and manage your anxiety a little better. First up, before we get into today's episode, let me give you your mood-boosting tip of the day. Today's tip is diaphragmatic breathing. This is a very powerful breathing technique that I have put in the Good Day Journal, but I want to break it down for you here today to help you understand how powerful it can be and why. So when we are anxious, our body is in a fight or flight mode. This is dominated by our sympathetic nervous system and puts our body in a state of feeling like we're in danger. Not only can this be extremely exhausting, because our body burns a lot more energy when we're in this state, but it leaves us feeling incredibly depleted, stressed, and just really, really unsteady. A way to allow our body to feel calmer and switch over to our parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest branch of our nervous system, is by deep belly breathing. Now, this is called diaphragmatic breathing and allows our body to release stress and calm the mind. So essentially, it takes us out of that fight and flight mode and into a relaxed mode by simply learning how to breathe properly. Now, Now, what I love about this technique is that anyone can do it and you can do it pretty much anywhere as long as you have a quiet space. So if you feel that you're coming into a panic attack or you're just feeling really stressed and overwhelmed, this is something that you can do that's going to help you take you out of that stressful state and put you into a calmer and restorative place. It's also a really great practice to adopt into your daily routine and try to do it at least once a day to really keep your body calm and to boost your mood. So let me walk you through it. We'll actually do it. And if you're driving, please do not do this. Do it when you are home and you're in a safe space. Now, We start this practice by finding a quiet place. So either sit on the ground, cross-legged or lay down on a comfortable bed, wherever is comfortable for you. Now, I want you to place one hand on your chest where your heart is and the other hand on your belly. And now just simply close over your eyes. Now, for the count of five, I want you to take a long inhale through your nostrils and feel as your belly expands. So feel as your belly pushes out towards your hand. So let's do it together. Inhale, two, three, four, five. We're going to hold that breath. 
And now we're going to exhale through your nostrils for the count of five. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so now you can feel when you're exhaling, your belly is deflating. So it's going in towards your spine. Now pause for a moment and repeat this process for at least five minutes. So let's do it again. Inhale. Two, three, four, five. Exhale, two, three, four, five. Now really feel as your belly expands and comes back in and really make sure that you're breathing in and out of your nostrils. This is a really simple way to calm your body. So like I said, if you need to boost your mood, take your body out of a stressful state or just have a few minutes to yourself, Use this practice. Try it out. It's really, really effective. It's quite a common practice as well, and it's something that everybody can do. Okay, now that we've done our mood boosting tip, let's move on to today's topic, which is the ins and outs of anxiety and the daily practices that can help you. So to start this episode, let's talk about anxiety. What is it? So anxiety can be characterized as constant worry, panic, and negative thoughts about the past, present, or future situations. It can cause your mind to race and feel absolutely all over the place, absolutely scattered. Anxiety is also a natural response to stressful situations that in small doses can actually serve as a helpful mechanism for identifying potential threats or dangers and encourage you to take necessary action. So if someone's chasing you with a knife, it's that anxiety is good because it's going to encourage you to run away and do the right thing and you know put your body in the fight and flight response, which at that point in time is necessary. However, when anxiety becomes excessive and prolonged or overwhelming, it can develop into an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders are basically like a group of mental health conditions that involve heightened or often irrational levels of anxiety and fear. So there are quite a few different types of anxiety, and I'll just list them off. So you've got your generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, PTSD, social anxiety, um, OCD, agoraphobia and separation anxiety. Now, each of these have similarities, but they are quite unique. So I'm going to really focus today on generalized anxiety disorder and panic disorder, mostly because in my experience, these are the two that are the most commonly experienced in large groups of populations. And I have experienced these personally, so I can speak about it from my own perspective as well. So let's start with generalized anxiety disorder. GAD for short. Now, people with GAD experience persistent and excessive worry about a wide range of everyday concerns, such as work, relationships, their health, um, and just things, even when there is no reason for that worry, you know, just that overthinking constantly, constantly creating situations that maybe aren't even going to happen. So that's kind of like that excessive overthinking and high levels of stress, which then lead to anxiety. 
Now, panic disorder, this disorder involves recurrent and unexpected panic attacks, which are intense episodes of extreme fear and physical symptoms like a rapid heartbeat, sweating, trembling, um, not, not being able to breathe properly, a tightness of your chest. So a lot of the time, the emotions that are felt from GAD, a generalized anxiety disorder, often result in a in panic and can actually turn into that panic disorder. So I do just want to mention here that although I've given these two definitions of anxiety, anxiety is different for everyone. And we all experience it in a very unique way from person to person. So anxiety can manifest both physiologically and physically, leading to symptoms like restlessness, muscle tension, irritability, difficulty concentrating day to day and sleep disturbances. So it's really important to note that anxiety disorder can be managed through various types of therapeutic approaches. And today we're going to break down a few of my favorites and a few that I have seen that work with my clients, but also have worked on me as well. So if you listen to episode one of this podcast, which was food and mood, I actually break down how your nutritional habits influence your mood and your anxiety levels. So the gut, the HPA axis, your blood sugar levels, they all play a really big role in your levels of anxiety that you experience on a day-to-day basis. So if you haven't listened to episode one, make sure to go ahead and do that because it will break this down for you a little more just to give you a little bit more to understand. Now, since we're on the topic of nutrition, I thought I would give you guys three foods to reduce and three foods to increase when you're looking at supporting your anxiety management. So, you know, These are little changes that you can make in your day-to-day that may have an impact on your levels of anxiety. So we'll start with what to reduce. Now, first up at the top of the list is excessive sugar. Now, we often reach for sugary foods like lollies and ice cream, cakes or cookies when, you know, we're dealing with high levels of stress and anxiety. But added sugar is actually a contributor to anxiety as it causes spikes and drops in your blood sugar levels, which can trigger and worsen your anxiety symptoms as well as cause panic attacks. So it also has major impacts on your inflammation and your gut health, which, of course, we spoke about in episode one. So go check that one out. But sugar, top of the list, something that we really, really want to look at reducing where possible. Next up is coffee, caffeine and stimulants. So things like excessive coffee and energy drinks all are highly stimulating on your nervous system. So coffee has been shown to increase your cortisol levels, which is your stress hormone, which in turn creates a stress response, even if there is no stressor involved. So caffeine, which is the key ingredient in coffee and many other energy drinks as well, is a known stimulant and psychoactive drug that can make you feel really jittery, really anxious and really nervous. So, you know, if you're someone and you wake up in the morning, you're already feeling anxiety, going ahead and having a large coffee on an empty stomach is doing you zero favours. So look at what can I do to replace that? What can I do to, you know, create a different lifestyle and routine for myself. You know, things like matcha, things like green tea, all of these little changes. If you're already experiencing high levels of anxiety, 
may make a difference for you. Let's look at reducing those stimulants. And honestly, when it comes to energy drinks, personally, I just say cut them out. You don't need them. I am a coffee lover, so I'm never going to tell anyone to cut that out. But look at um, reducing your intake and also looking at where you're having it. So never have it on an empty stomach. Always make sure you know, you're know you reducing your caffeine intake. One to two a day max is plenty. But you know, like I said, it is a stimulant. It does increase cortisol. So be smart about when you're having it, think about how you're feeling on that day and then make an aligned choice to what you see fit. So you're the only one that can control your intake of things. So it's all about having that control. And third on the list is alcohol. So alcohol has major impacts on your sleep cycle and can cause you to lose sleep and induce symptoms of anxiety. So alcohol is a toxin and can change levels of your serotonin and neurotransmitters in the brain, which of course, makes your anxiety worse. So I know that when I drink alcohol, I have a terrible night's sleep. And the next day, I feel like I'm on this come down. I feel really anxious and on edge and it's just not a nice feeling. So if you're already experiencing anxiety, maybe maybe look at how you can reduce these things and replace them with better alternatives. Now, what to increase at the top of my list here is eat more greens, dark leafy greens. I did speak about this already in episode one. But I will just touch on it again because nutrient dense foods such as your spinach and your Swiss chard, Swiss Swiss chard, sorry, have fantastic anxiety relieving and mood boosting powers. They're kind of like superfoods. So they're a great source of your magnesium, which some research has actually shown may help you to calm your nervous system and make you feel calmer. And they're also rich in folate, which helps your body produce your neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine, which are so influential in your mood regulation. Next up, of course, consume your protein, so your lean sources of protein, because it has such a great impact on stabilizing your blood sugar levels, um, which supports your anxiety management. And then three, another little good one, is rolled oats. So an organic rolled oats is, is great. So they contain B vitamins, magnesium, and fiber. Each of these nutrients are extremely important when you're looking at reducing and managing your anxiety. So that makes oats one of the best foods for increasing the production of serotonin in your brain. So, you know, when you can, choose organic, but look at things like having oats for breakfast, having um, oats in protein balls and having them in your smoothies. Like, Look at a way to incorporate them. So, of course, your nutritional habits are the foundations. So they really are the foundations of a better mood and a healthier body. So it's the first place to start when it comes to naturally managing your anxiety levels. So if you want more support on this, please go and listen to episode one because that's where I break it all down for you and I really give you a detailed list of my favorite foods to support your mood as well. Um, So, yeah, that's uh, the best tips on nutrition for anxiety. But next on my list is, of course, journaling. I bet you all knew this one was coming. So I'm going to just share with you a few results from studies. So the first one being a study that was conducted on 70 people who experienced 
elevated levels of anxiety who journaled for a period of 12 weeks. So after this trial, so after the 12 weeks, these people experienced decreased mental distress and an increased well-being relative to baseline. So that's huge. Positive journaling was also associated with less depressive symptoms and anxiety after just one month. One month, that's it. And greater resilience after the first and second month. So I think that is huge results. And if you want the study to look at it yourself, I'll pop that in the show notes. So how journaling can help with anxiety and the excessive thoughts and worry that come with it is it's such a simple and effective way to take those thoughts and put them to paper. It's a way for you to get out of your head for a little while and release those emotions to the paper. The reason why it's so effective when it comes to anxious thoughts is that when these thoughts and emotions are on your piece of paper and not in your head, they're not really as bad or as stressful or as scary as maybe you're making them out to be. Sometimes seeing things in black and white is a way to see things clearly. It's a great way for you to understand and break things down, you know, break down your anxiety and help you to manage it a little bit better by being able to recognize what triggers you, what your thoughts are, what your fears are, and then actually prioritizing them and figuring out if they're worth your concern, if they're worth all that anxiety. So once you're able to understand why, You may be feeling a certain way and what set you off, you are then more likely to actually do something about it and manage those emotions a little bit better. So once again, we come back to that all important question of why. Having that power, understanding why you're feeling a certain way gives you the power to then make a positive change if that's necessary. So that's why journaling is just so important. So another study has actually suggested that writing about past negative situations that may have caused you stress or anxiety. So for example, if you're thinking back to a really bad breakup that you had and you still think about it and you get really anxious and upset. So this study reported that actually writing about these things in a journal actually resulted in positive emotions and performance improvement. So they found that writing about a past negative situation actually assisted with processing the negative emotion and moving forward. So giving people that ability to move forward, move through a difficult situation that happened in the past. Now, in the Good Day Journal, I have dedicated areas to help you understand what may be triggering you, what sparks joy, and daily anxiety check-ins to help you really understand your emotions, to just get you processing them and helping you to understand them. So, My anxiety definitely goes through waves. You know, I have good days, I have bad days, but, you know, I know I still have to work on myself every single day through different modalities and angles. But one thing I can always pinpoint and I can always notice is that when days or weeks go by and I haven't bothered to sit down and make my journal, my journaling a priority, I can see a shift in my mood. I can notice that I'm more agitated. I can see that my anxiety is more heightened. My feelings of gratitude are probably not where I'd want them to be either. And, you know, not only that, but it's a form of self-care. So it's something that you can do for yourself every single day that is just for you. It's for nobody else. 
and it makes you feel really good. So, you know, I just think there are so many amazing benefits. And for me personally, with my anxiety, journaling was the first thing that I ever did. When I was really, really young, back in high school, going through a hard time, and I had this anxiety come up and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to deal with it. I started journaling. A family member encouraged me to journal. And I did that. And at first I thought, this is silly. Why am I doing this? Why am I rewriting all these emotions? I don't want to relive them. But as I did that, I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is actually helping. It's getting it out there. It's making me see it in black and white. It's actually making me feel a lot better. So it's just a little thing that you can do, a little practice that's just for you. But it has scientific proven benefits, you know, it's so effective. So that's just one thing you can do every day that's going to help calm your mind and reduce anxiety. Now, we'll move on from that one and get to the second point on our list, which is super important and it is talk about it. Opening up to someone you love or a health professional is one of the best things you can do to manage your anxiety a little better. There is already so much going on in your head and you don't need to go through this alone. Anxiety can make you feel really lonely. It can make you feel different and like maybe there's something wrong with you. But trust me when I say that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. Speak up because you shouldn't have to deal with it alone. Sometimes it's just nice to get things off your chest and actually confide in someone you love. A lot of the time you'll find that the person you're speaking to is actually experiencing something very similar. And that in itself is so validating and it can make you feel really human-like, which sometimes when you're secluding yourself and you're feeling all this anxiety, you feel so out of it. You feel like you're different when if you just start speaking about it and sharing your experience with someone, it's more than likely that someone else is going through probably the same thing. And that is so nice to confide in that with someone else. So, you know, I think back to when I was younger, when I was 16 years old and I started experiencing all this anxiety and I didn't know what it was. I wish that I opened up more about it. I wish I spoke to my friends. I wish I spoke to my family and my loved ones because I didn't and I shouldn't have had to carry that all on my own. And it's something that no one needs to carry on their own because it is a heavy thing, you know, and it's something that is quite common when you start speaking about it. You'll you'll learn that probably every second person is going through it. So, you know, anxiety is very normal and more people than you think are experiencing it in one way or another. So it's okay to speak about it. Get it off your chest. Don't feel like there is shame that comes with it. Because there is not. It's that it's that shame of hiding your emotions that actually over time make your anxiety so much worse because you start to feel like you're trapped. You start to feel like it's just you in this space, but it's not. And speaking about it, it kind of helps you break through that and work through that and share your experience with someone else. So pick up the phone, chat with your loved ones, book in with a therapist, book in with someone who can help you. You know, if you feel like the people around you, you can't speak to them, you can't confide in them, they're not going to listen, then book in with a therapist. That's what they're there to do. That's what they're there for. They're trained professionals. They're there to give you a listen and, you know, a shoulder to lean on. So speak about it. There is no shame in anxiety and being recluse and putting yourself in a corner isn't helping you. It's only making matters worse. So talk about it. Speak up. It's okay. A lot of us experience it. It is normal. It's a normal emotion. 
So yeah, I hope I hope that gives you a little bit of a push in the right direction to just, you know, pick up the phone and talk to someone you love about it. Now I'm going to move on to the next thing on my list. And this is something that has been a lifesaver for me when it comes to my mental health and my physical health. And that is movement. Move that wonderful, beautiful body of yours because it will boost your mood instantly, like literally instantly. If you're feeling stressed and anxious, adopting a daily exercise routine is going to help you immensely. So there are numerous studies that have explored the antidepressant effects of exercise and the evidence constantly suggests that physical activity can have a really positive impact on your mood. So I'll break down a few points of why it's so effective, but Number one, it releases endorphins. So exercise triggers the release of endorphins, which are natural chemicals that act as mood elevators. So they lift your mood. Now, these endorphins can create a sense of well-being and a reduced feeling of depression and, you know, those real sad, low moods. So first thing, straight up. It's going to boost all your happiness hormones. That's amazing. Second, neurotransmitter regulation. Physical activity can influence the levels of neurotransmitters such as serotonin, nonepinephrine, and dopamine, all which play a crucial role in your mood regulation. Exercise can increase the availability of these neurotransmitters in your brain, which is similar to the action of lots of antidepressant medications as well. So it's got that natural effect. Third is your cognitive benefits. So regular physical activity can enhance cognitive function, which can be especially helpful for people who experience anxiety, who may experience cognitive impairments that come with that, such as difficulty concentrating um, and memory as well. And fourth on the list is better sleep. So exercise can improve the quality and duration of your sleep, which is often disrupted with you know, when you're up all night, overthinking, all these anxious thoughts running through your head. So restorative sleep is essential for your mood regulation and just your overall mental health in general. So I like to think of exercise as a way to shift all that built up anxiety and overwhelm, all that energy that's just trapped in your body. It's a powerful energy shift that has so many benefits for your general health and wellness. So if you want to start exercising, start small. So if you're someone that doesn't exercise at all, or maybe you're someone that goes to the gym three times a week and you're thinking, I can't increase it any more than that, don't overwhelm yourself and get caught up in thinking you have to go do a really hard workout every single day. That's not what I'm talking about here. Daily exercise is going to look different to everyone. And for you, it may look like going on a walk on your lunch break. So, you know, heading out for 20 minutes around the block and going for a walk. It may look like doing a yoga flow in your pajamas when you wake up in the morning or... Maybe it's excusing yourself from your desk and doing 20 star jumps in the hallway or, you know, something that's going to get the blood pumping, that's going to get your heart rate up, that's going to help you shift your energy, shake your body, move things around. Look at the little things that you can do, okay, because that is essentially what makes the biggest changes in your life. So, you know, for me, I go to the gym maybe three times a week. I go for a run maybe once a week. And on the other days, I'll look at basic things things and things like cleaning the whole house as well. That counts as well, which is great. We can all tick that off our list. But 
exercise really has so many benefits. And like I said at the start of this point, it's something that you can do that is going to instantly change your mood. So if you are feeling really down and really anxious, you feel like there is this anxiety coming on, this panic attack coming on, go outside, put your runners on, go for a jog or go for a walk or go down to the beach and walk on the sand or go to the gym, book in a class, go do it. Get that body moving because it's going to instantly change your mood. And I know that when you're feeling really low, like We've all felt those emotions when you're down in the dumps, you're having a really bad day. You're thinking, the last thing I want to do is put on my runners and go for a run. I want to sit down and watch Netflix. That's fine. But when you do that, you're sitting in that energy. You're not moving it. You're not changing it. Doing something as simply as 20 minutes of movement can actually shift your mood and boost your levels of, sorry, reduce your levels of anxiety significantly. So look at how you can do that. Okay. And now my last tip of the day is sleep. Now creating a bedtime routine is super important when it comes to managing your anxiety. So sleep plays a crucial role in both your physical and your mental health. So it offers several important benefits. So if you're experiencing anxiety, there is lots of things that sleep contributes to that. So a lack of sleep is major, major, major when it comes to anxiety. So when you're sleep deprived, your brain is more prone to negative thinking, heightened emotional reactions and increased to stress responses. So this can make you more susceptible to experiencing anxiety-like symptoms. Not only that, but a lack of sleep can actually increase your levels of cortisol, which is your stress hormone in your body, which over time contributes to significant amounts of anxiety. So sleep plays a really, really big role. And I need to do a whole episode on it, a whole separate episode, because it's such a big thing when it comes to your mood and just your health in general. Now, the topic of today was things you can do daily. So I'm going to talk to you about creating a bedtime routine that you can stick to every single night. So This is different for everyone. Of course, you're going to find a routine that works for you, for your schedule, for your routine. You know, if you're a mum and you've got kids or if you're a student and you're studying or whoever you are, it's going to be different. We all have different routines at the end of the day. So I'm going to give you a few suggestions and a few points and then you can take it from there. So the first one is going to bed at the same time every single night. So creating a routine for yourself and creating a schedule, a sleep schedule is really, really important. So having that time every night where you know you've got to get into bed, that actually supports your production of melatonin, that supports your body's time to say, okay, we're relaxing, we're unwinding, it's that time of the day, it's time to go to bed, it gets you into a routine. And as we spoke about in our previous episode, routine and habits are crucial when making change and sticking to them. So set a time, set a practical time, you know, don't say I'm going to go to bed at eight o'clock when you know you don't get home from work till 6.30 and then you have to make dinner. That's not going to happen. You know, set a reasonable time. And then that time that you set an hour or two before that, you need to limit your screen time. 
So screen time is your phone, scrolling on Instagram, looking on your laptop, doing checking emails, watching Netflix, checking anything that has a blue light. So that blue light exposure really messes up your melatonin production in your brain and can kind of trick your body into thinking that it's not bedtime. So that has one of the biggest impacts on your sleep cycle. So you need to reduce that. You need to avoid that blue light. You need to do everything you can. If it's impossible for you to avoid that blue light exposure, then getting blue light glasses or blue light blockers, really, really important. You can put them on in the evenings, wear them around the house. You might look a bit funny, but it's okay. It's all for a good cause and we love a good cause. So um, yes, look at finding that time that you're going to go to bed, reducing that blue light exposure. Now, next is more of an individual thing, but it's creating a calming practice or routine that will signify to your body and your brain that it's time to unwind and go to sleep. So this is also really comforting for you and it can decrease levels of anxiety before bed because it's that familiarity that that comes with a routine, that comes with a beautiful habit. So, you know, for you, this may look like you've figured out what time you're going to go to bed, you've put your phone away, you've put your laptops away, there's no blue light exposure, you're going to go into your room, you're going to dim the lights, make yourself a chamomile tea, which is really calming. And that's the time where you journal. So you have this routine where you get into bed, you have your tea, you journal about your day, you use your good day journal, or maybe instead of journaling one night, you might start reading a book and you you know, have an actual book, not a Kindle, and you read through that and you calm your mind, you relax, and you're also creating a healthy, positive habit at the same time. So you know, this is going to look different for everyone. Whatever your self-care routine is, whatever your self-care practice is, start adopting that before bed. It's, it's, a, it's a place for you to do the things that you want to do that is going to calm your nervous system and calm that anxiety before bed. There is nothing worse than getting into bed at night. You're all wired and, you know, you've been on your phone, you've been consuming all this negative news and seeing all these things you probably don't want to see. And then you're getting in bed and it's all rushing through your brain. And then you're thinking about all the things you need to do tomorrow and everything's happening. There is no way you're getting to sleep like that. You know, there is no way your body can calm itself down like that. So start thinking about the daily bedtime practices that you can incorporate into your life to help you have a better sleep because sleep is a really crucial aspect and one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle when it comes to health and mood and just the way you feel, okay? So we really, really want to make it a priority. Now, like I said, I'll do a whole episode on this coming up, so stay tuned for that one. But before I finish up, I do just want to mention that Anxiety is really complex and it's something that we all experience very differently. So I just want you to know that if you experience anxiety, it's okay. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not broken and it will get better with the right commitment to your healthy habits and routines. So you can do all the little things that will make a big impact And this will benefit your mood over time. And, you know, you will have hiccups. Anxiety is something that, 
you know, it comes in waves. Depending on what's going on in your life, it's going to go up and down, up and down, and that's okay. But it's it's finding routines and habits that you can do every single day that are going to help give you solid foundations so that when these things do come into your life, you are fully equipped to deal with it properly. Okay, so that's what we're all about here. That's why I created the Good Day Wellness Journal. That's why I'm so passionate about talking about healthy habits and routines. And that's why I became a nutritionist in the first place, because the things we do every day, the things we consume, the actions we take and the things we put into our body play massive, massive roles in how we think and how we feel. So, you know, look at doing the little things every single day because that's going to make a big difference for you. And, you know, if you found this episode really helpful and maybe you want to talk a little bit deeper about it, then reach out to me. I'd love to chat with you. And if you do then want to take it one step further, I offer my Good Day Wellness Nutrition Consultations where I can help you to boost your mood, calm your mind, calm that anxiety and just feel more like yourself and work on those goals together. It's always nice having an accountability partner, having someone that can push you and motivate you and I'd love to be that source of inspiration for you. So if you found this episode helpful and you want more of this, then please feel free to reach out. Okay, that is all for today. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that breakdown of what anxiety is, how is it, how it's experienced and those basic little tips that you can start working on actually help you and make you feel a little bit more confident with what you're experiencing and knowing that it's okay, that you can move through it and you can speak to people about it and it's going to be fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And, you know, anxiety is a part of life and we're all going to go through ups and downs and, you know, learning the little basic things that we can do every day can really make a big difference. So that's what I want to do. I hope that I've impacted you in a really positive way. So please make sure to like, subscribe and leave me a positive comment if you really enjoyed this episode. If you're on Spotify, then make sure to leave that five-star review. If you're on iTunes, then leave a positive review and comment. So, you know, as I'm new to the whole podcast thing, it just makes such a difference. It helps get me seen and get it out there and you know, I'm hoping that this content that I'm putting out there is going to really support someone on their way to calming their mind and boosting their mood. So that's what your help with the reviews do. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you love this episode. Sending lots of love to you all. Bye.